like to welcome everybody to the Williamson County School Board meeting. And I want to thank deputies Ron Hooper and Randy Purcell for being with us tonight. Thank you so much. And I want to welcome Troop 130, Grassland Middle School. You want to wave to us? <laughs> thank you for joining us. And they said we have to be very expeditious tonight because there's TCAP in the morning. So, all right. Um, we're going to start off by recording our attendance. We have 11 board members present. And next, we're going to have our Pledge of Allegiance and a moment of silence by Jay Galbraith, board member. You may be seated. The first item on our agenda is items of particular public interest, and we do have eight members of the public who've come to speak with us tonight. I'm going to call you up in pairs, but you don't have to come up if you're the second person. Just wanted you to be aware that you're next. Our first two speakers are Denise Andrzejak and April Garza-Wright. So we'll start with Denise. And your time is on the screen so that you can pace yourself, know when you're coming up. <laughs> okay. I'm Andre Schack, and I'm here to uh, speak for a, a great read, in my opinion. Charlie is a wallflower, so his upper class high school friends who praise him call him. He sees things, and you keep quiet about them and you understand. But Charlie, grieving for a friend who succumbed to suicide, begins to write letters to his dear friend, the identity unknown to the reader and maybe to Charlie himself. Because he confides to the reader, I'm afraid something is wrong with me. And he just accepts things he probably shouldn't because, again, I don't know what else to do. And Charlie cries a lot, sometimes privately, sometimes not so privately. Maybe Charlie doesn't understand as much as his older friends claim. After immersion into every single word of the perks of being a wallflower, I will say the read is chock full of high school rite of passage decisions. Drinking, smoking, not always tobacco, illicit drugs, sex, and then Charlie even helps his big sister obtain an abortion. Reality, ladies and gentlemen of the Williamson County School Board. Copyrighted in 1999 by Stephen Chabosky, Perk is in its 20th edition, and the librarian at Williamson County Library remembered reading it herself in high school. And yet now in 2023, with social media surplus, surpassing literary confines, book bans could be considered 
outdated if it were not for a known oppressive history. Charlie finds some solace at times from his parents who really just don't want to have those conversations and from his friends who listen and often give good advice and often make poor judgment calls themselves but could make him feel infinite in an aura of human humor reminiscent of the Peanuts gang and from an English teacher who encourages and admiring Charlie to read and write and participate and Charlie under a psychiatrist's care for some earlier regret behavior and rageful learns from his history of repressed sexual abuse from a much loved de deceased Aunt Helen. Char Charlie ends the book with a letter. Dear friend, because I write to tell you thank you. Years ago, there was a very sad kid who needed a whole lot of help, and writing to you was the beginning of that help. Whatever I've learned as an adult, I have never forgotten what it was like to be that kid. Thank you, you wrote back. Um, I would encourage you to vote against book bans. There are many sad kids out there that could use this sort of back padding. Thank you. Thank you, Denise. Next, we have April Garza-Wright, and after April, we have Kim Long. Hello, and thank you for your time today and the opportunity to share my view with all of you and our school board representatives. There has been much discussion surrounding the banning of books and the difficulty surrounding which books to ban. I don't see it as your job to determine for my children what is okay for them to read and what should be banned from them. Parents in the past have been able to choose for their children whether to wear a mask, Parents historically have been given the ability to determine what is best for their child based on their own educated decision. I ask that you continue to allow parents to determine what is best for their child. Each person has a different set of factors that influence their decisions. Your concerns regarding books are different than mine. I don't prefer that you dictate to me what my child needs to exclude from their education or what is inappropriate for my child based on your morals. My experiences are not the same as yours. What you value is not going to line up with what I value. What I see as exposure to life challenges, you see as inappropriate. I don't feel that your opinion trumps my decision as the best person to make the decision about my children's education. Parents are perfectly capable of making decisions regarding book selections just as much as they are regarding masks. Books are about sharing experiences and knowledge. Stories tell us what happened and why. We all have to read, a right to read a story, to understand a story. This role you are trying to create for our school board doesn't fit your job description. It doesn't fit within the liberty we are guaranteed by living in this great country. By banning books for others, you are taking away the right to choose from parents. When you ban books, you take away an opportunity for a story. You restrict what gets to be shared and learned. You take away voices. You are not elected to limit our voices. You don't get to make our voice your voice. You may not agree with certain situations, words, characters within a book, but that is the reality of the world in which we live. Those are the real things our kids, our kids face in their life. Books give our kids exposure to what other experiences are, and they share these experiences in a way that isn't conveyed simply by saying it, by naming it, or banning it. A book gives the author an opportunity to share with the reader how so many things play into an outcome or an action. It helps a reader to see and feel beyond a word. You to see the humanness surrounding every situation. 
Reading about an array of subjects gives our kids opportunity to prepare and consider how their actions and thoughts will be in relation to various experiences. Books allow our kids to face hard things in a story that they relate to. There's comfort in shared experiences. People find extreme comfort in these shared experiences, and it's a way that um, helps them to get through these hard times. Whatever classification or grading system you're coming up with, it will never be one exempt from biased in opinion. That is why our founding fathers wrote the First Amendment. They didn't put restrictions on our freedom of speech. They knew that, I, the way I know and many others here know, acceptable free speech is relative, and those are the things that, um, those are us, excuse me, acceptable free speech is relative, and those of us living in America get to live outside the relative restrictions of freedom. We get to simply be free to read, period. The rest is up to the parents, not this board, to freely choose what ideas they open their child's minds to. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Kim Long and then Jody Barnwell. I am Kim Long, and I am a teacher at Centennial High School. I am also the girl who gave you the packet of handouts. And if you would bear with me and let me flip through these quickly, I will try to wrap this up in three minutes. I'm used to having 47 each period. So uh, I will begin by telling you that I've been a teacher in Williamson County for the last nine years. I actually started teaching in 1995 in Memphis City Schools East High School, if you're familiar with it. For my five years there, I taught advanced placement literature for the last, as I said, nine years. I've been in Wilco. Uh, last two in Centennial High School, prior to that seven in, at Ravenwood High School. For the last three years, I have taught advanced placement literature and I have included the text extremely loud and incredibly close in my classroom. And that is why I'm here tonight. And I have heard conflicting accounts of what is going on with this book in terms of it being removed from a library and the implications that might have for me in my classroom. And I want to speak to you all and let you all hear from a teacher who actually teaches the book about how valuable it is in the AP classroom. On the first page, I've given you a course description. Students received this from me on the very first day of school. And if you'll look at the very first paragraph, I'm going to go fast for, the, for time's sake. Um, I do tell students that some of the selections do contain mature subject matter and themes. I then go on to say this is because this course is a college level course. In fact, I would liken it to a sophomore literature course at most, uh, most universities. As you can see my list of text, we read extremely loud in the fourth quarter as we do our final preparation for the AP exam on May 3rd following page is the what I would call the standards of advanced placement literature and I would direct your attention to the back of that page and I want you to take a look at the format of the assessment specifically the question number three literary argument this is where students are given a prompt we never know what the prompt is it's very wide-ranging but AP will then provide a list of texts that would be suitable but students also have the choice to pick one of their own if you'll flip over next page and again I apologize for my quickness and I'm running out of time um, 2016 the question was about a character's dishonesty and if you look in the first column there is extremely loud and incredibly close as an option if you'll flip over to the next page that is last year's question and if you'll, when you have time, I hope that you'll go and look at this selection of texts. Some of them are classics, standards, you'll probably recognize, but there are going to be quite a few on there that I bet you don't. I did not recognize them myself. And what this means is this is a very wide-ranging, diverse set of books that our students need to be exposed to. So this goes beyond just my AP classroom, but I think it extends to all AP classrooms and all of our students. We here in Williamson County encourage 
enrollment and advanced placement. We want our students to do well on these scores nationally, and we need to make sure that they have exposure to these books. And I don't mean just an advanced placement, their 12th grade year. They need these books throughout their high school experience. We need them in our libraries. We need to have them access accessible in our classrooms. Finally, I'm almost out. I would have you look at the quote by Jonathan Fower, who states, it's not his job to tell anyone what a book means. And it's not mine either. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Jody Barnwell and Matthew Spencer. My name is Jody Barnwell Smith. Author Sunil Yapa said, empathy is a profound act of imagination and human connection. In fiction, we imagine ourselves into other people's experiences. And of course, another word for that is reading. Empathy is being aware of and sharing another person's feelings, experiences, and emotions. And as a parent, an ally of teachers and librarians, I believe that by censoring books and banning them, we are essentially robbing children of the opportunity to develop empathy. We are letting the fear of the other close our minds to the experiences and emotions of many who may not think like us or live like us, but whose voices must be heard. And as school board members, you represent us all. Not just those who look like you and live like you. It is up to you, it is, excuse me, it is not up to you to define the experiences of others, but to ensure that our teachers and librarians are supported in their expertise to provide books that grow our children's minds. And that may bring up questions we ourselves have never thought of. And when our children ask us these difficult questions, I hope we open our minds and search for answers together. Tragically, teen suicide, gun violence, bullying, racism, discrimination, and sexual assault are rampant within our communities, sometimes in our own homes. The othering of these situations by banning books only leads to further trauma of the survivors and silences them. Some of these survivors are our children, our loved ones, ourselves. And we must prepare our children with empathy and compassion to respond to these experiences and share these experiences with us so that, they, that we may guide and support them. And today, I ask you to partner with the teachers and librarians who are already doing an incredible job and to let parents have the opportunity to navigate difficult conversations and continue teaching empathy to their children through many ways, including reading books without the censorship of the government. It is not the school board's job or government to censor books. If I don't want my child to read a book, I'll handle it. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Next, we have Matthew Spencer, and then we'll have Emma Rose Smith. Thank you. Uh, members of the uh, school board, Superintendent Golden, and others here assembled, thanks for the opportunity to speak tonight. Uh, I was born and raised in the Nashville area, spent most of my life here. Now I have two daughters, ages 10 and 6. <clears throat> 
Um, I want to spend a few minutes, though, talking for a second about uh, parental rights as it relates to proposed banning of these books. Parental rights, let's consider the meaning of those words for a second. They mean parents should have the right to be involved in decisions about their child's education. In this case, whether their children have access to certain books. What one person may choose for their child might be different than what I choose for mine, and I respect their right to do so. My understanding is that there's already an opt-out in place where any parent can choose to keep their children from accessing certain books. I don't understand why that isn't sufficient in this case. Fully removing these books, or any for that matter, takes away my right to choose for my children to be able to access them. With the opt-out, the complainants who have uh, uh, challenged these books already have an easy and viable alternative. Instead of spending the board's time to review, debate books they don't agree with, they can simply take the list of books they want to ban, paste them into the opt-out forms, and submit it per the policy to keep their kids from accessing them. Job done. It's that easy. Continuing to pressure you to ban these books is not about keeping their kids from possibly reading them. It's about ensuring that my kids don't. And that's a direct result on my parental rights. When these book come, books come up for our kids, my wife and I will decide for ourselves if we think our kids are mature enough to read them and then only with supervision from and discussion with us. That's my choice as a parent to make for my child, nobody else's. Banning these books or any books is not about parental rights. In fact, it's the exact opposite. Banning books is about placing your own personal moral beliefs above the rights of parents to make choices for their children. Thank you for your service to the community, for your consideration tonight, and for the opportunity to speak. Next, we have Emma Rose Smith, and then we'll have Ruby Lindstroth. Hi, my name is Emma Rose Smith, and I go to Franklin High School. Um, I'd like to say that books are not just ink and paper. They are the repository of our intelligence, our dreams, and our hopes. They are a gateway to knowledge, a window to different cultures, and a tool for building empathy, understanding, and cultural competency. <clears throat> Therefore, banning books restricts our freedom to think and to learn. Censorship is unconstitutional and un-American, going against everything that our country stands for. Education in its, in its Latin form means to lead out of or lead into. To me, being educated means the ability to change your community and the power to make your own choices. Even as a little girl, I knew education was powerful. Books teach you how to interpret and tackle problems a, as a means to give back to others. Over the past year, I've had the honor of hosting a monthly book club alongside a friend of mine that focused on books centered around women of color. Through this, I've learned so much about different cultures and the struggles of black women and people who are part of the LGBTQ community. Students deserve to have easy access to these experiences in their school libraries. I shouldn't have to take time outside of school to learn these things when it's my right to learn them inside. Please allow students the opportunity to read. Allow students the same opportunity that every single one of us in this room were afforded. Please allow them to grow into citizens that can change the world. And please do not ban these books. Thank you. Thank you. Next we have Ruby Lindstroth and Jennifer Cortez will be our final speaker. 
Hi, um, I'm Ruby Lindstroth, and I'm a senior at Franklin High School. Um, first, I want to say thank you for having us here today, and thank you for letting us express our thoughts um, on book banning. Uh, my personal belief, and the, from what I've heard, the belief of many people in this room, is that book banning infringes on freedom of speech um, and parental rights. My parents gave me guidelines for reading growing up. Um, if they didn't think I was ready to read a book, they would tell me to do so. And I would listen to them because they're my parents and that is their job. Um, for example, I wasn't allowed to read The Hunger Games until I was 12. Um, I listened to my parents. And even though, and when I was allowed to finally read The Hunger Games, I was able to get it at my school library, which was wonderful and it's one of my favorite book series now. Um, book banning, it's usually targeted at books that explore topics, um, divisive topics such as um, sexual assault, the LGBTQ community, and race relations. Um, banning these books uh, that dive deep into what all of these things can, the impact that all of these things can have on a person can hinder empathy and understanding in children. Uh, we read to children as they grow to help them learn um, not only about the world, but about empathy in the world. Um, if you choose to ban a book for your child, that is okay because that is your child, but please do not exert your parental rights and put them on the children of others because that's not fair. If you want to have rights for your child, then give rights to only your child. Do not interfere with the beliefs of others. <laughs> censorship is dangerous. Um, history can be erased through censorship, and that is not something that should happen. Um, <laughs> I think this is, I've read 1984, um, and <laughs> book banning is really, in Fahrenheit 451, um, in Fahrenheit 451, all of the books were burned so people could have no access to knowledge. Um, as a way of government oversight. So please, <laughs> reading these books warns us um, of the dangers of book banning. Um, please, please, please keep these books in our libraries because there are kids who need it. And these books have made at least one child felt safe and heard, and they've given them a way to understand what is going on with themselves. Thank you. Thank you. Our final speaker is Jennifer Cortez. Yes, to speak. It was late 2019 when I began interviewing local parents and students who were suffering in our school system. They were suffering because those in charge didn't always know how to handle the issue of race-related bullying and harassment, and that hasn't changed yet. But thanks to the efforts of many, steps are being taken to make things better and safer for all students. We must keep going. We appreciate the work that has been done to make reporting harassment incidents safer and more standardized. We need that data so that we can see where help is most needed, and because without it, many will continue to deny the problem. At One Wilco, we've been encouraging students to speak up and report it when they are called monkeys, or when they are teased for their almond-shaped eyes, or when they are told their ethnicity is probably the 9-11 kind. 
but you can see how difficult that is for them and how much courage it takes, especially when they don't trust that things will be handled skillfully and well. One Wilco continues to assure families who reach out to us that this board and our county cares about their well-being and wants to create safety and support for them, but we need each of you to be an active, committed part of that solution. We have a lot of work to do and a long way to go, and there's a lot of fear in our country right now. And when parents themselves are afraid of those who are different from them, we can only expect to see harassment incidents among students continue to rise. So we need to be the leaders that we say we are and step up to meet this very real need. I believe we can do it. Let's keep going. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank all of the speakers who came tonight. It does take time to come out and, and meet with us. So thank you for preparing, for signing up, and for coming to speak. Next item on the agenda is the approval of the agenda. Thank you, Mr. Welch. Do we have a second? Mr. Mitchell, thank you. Board members, cast your votes. Thank you. We approved the agenda, so we'll move on to our next item, which is the approval of the consent agenda. Do we have a motion? Mr. Wimberly and Ms. Clements, seconds. Thank you. Any comment? Okay, we can go ahead and move to vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you, and with that approval, we approved the March 27th, 2023 school board meeting minutes, the facilities use fee schedule, and the recommendation for field trip fee requests. Next item on the agenda is communications to the board. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair, and uh, thank you, uh, those of you here, here in the audience, uh, especially wanna welcome the, uh, the Boy Scout Troop uh, 130, and, uh, and thank you for coming, especially on a TCAP night. Uh, TCAP actually officially started today. It was the first win first day of, uh, of our window. I think they all start really in earnest tomorrow. So, so uh, do appreciate you all being here. I want to make sure that uh, I comment on the public comment tonight. I continue to be amazed and impressed with our students. Uh, every time I hear them speak, uh, I, it reminds me of the of the quality of parents, uh, the quality of the teachers, and especially the quality of our young people uh, who are here in Williamson County. And we always want to do right by them and make it a point to uh, to, to open doors for them. Uh, to that point, we had some discussions on Thursday night about our strategic plan, and we'll be bringing you some more information about the strategic plan in the coming weeks uh, about where we're headed. I'm excited about that. Um, but we also talked about three very important areas at our work session. I'm not going to share any additional details beyond the depth of our discussion at the work session, but we talked about student safety. We talked about the commitments we've made to counseling and supports for students. And uh, we talked about bullying and where we are uh, in, in that process of growth 
uh, as school leaders in support of our students. And, uh, and, and I encourage folks to look at that. I encourage you all to continue to let us know when we have opportunities for growth. Very much appreciate uh, those, those conversations from you. Uh, with that, uh, I'm smiling because our next step is our student, staff, and school spotlights. Carol Birdsong has a plethora. Uh, it's that's an ACT word, I think. Took a word, the words right out of my mouth, Superintendent Golden. Uh, a plethora of celebrations uh, as we continue to work to give those opportunities to our students. So, with that, Carol, if you would share our spotlights. I would love to. Thank you very much. Yes, board members. Tonight, we are celebrating history once again in Williamson County Schools as we celebrate 78 National Merit finalists. Last year's record was 71, and we're at 78. So sit back, <laughs> relax, and enjoy because we're going to start at Brentwood High School, Audrey Alino, and then we have Lucas Bowman, and then here is Logan Brownfield, Jesse Sy, Colin Carpenter, Rise Clark, Owen Cullum, Brent Driver, Dua Fazili, Raymond Godaki, William Hong, Angela Huell, Morgan Corlin, Nathan Lee, Grace Liu, Molly McCullen, Reagan Nelson, Landon Parker, Corin Parada, Niar Sanko, Luca Santilli, Zachary Villaruz, Amy Shu, Elaine Zhang, and those are just from Brentwood. Now let's go to Centennial. Presley Anderson, Sean Baker, Emma Burrell, and Kira Yoakum. From Franklin, Aiden Culp, Leah Gallers, David Haskins, Joshua, whoops, Joshua Murray, Jack Parker, Van Schaefer, Townsend Schultz, and now to Independence, Ava Gordon, Kyler King, Riley Lent, Nathaniel Martinez, Dalton Schultz, Lillian Valk, and now to Nolansville, William Flanagan, Darsh Kandelwal, from Page, Bryson Boone, Jeff Dosh, Joseph Dosh, sorry, uh, Abigail Kazancha, Broderick Labaugh, Cynthia Liang, Ferris Livingston, Elijah Ray, Eugene Smalley, and Paxton Whitehead. Now, from Ravenwood, Garia Dosh, Tyler Allison, Emily Barnes, Thomas Bork, Brayron Busa, Lana Cartiller, Sullivan Dickerson, Sharad Gantasala, Grace Gistel, Megan Hopfensberger, Andrew Kim, Joshua Liu, Shia Mehta, Ayush Mishra, 
Ella Montgomery, Matthew Mueller, Ashini Nath, William Perotti, Truman Porter, Caitlin Rowan, Andrew Salmon, Edward Sadawati, Caitlin Watek, Cynthia Shu, Linda Shu, Deborah Zhang. Those are your 78 National Merit finalists, people. Now we're going to celebrate a few more students who earned first place honors at the Tennessee High School Press Association competition. From Brentwood High School Best News Package, Isabella Spinsky, Kyle Jordan, and Sydney Lloyd. And also from Brentwood High School Best Newscast News Magazine, we had some ties, you'll hear those. Uh, from Brentwood High School, their level four news team, Sloan Ashworth is their teacher. From Franklin High School, Anna Ray Jones won Best Videographer. Her teacher is Carrie Thompson. And also from Franklin High School, Blaze Cameron and Emmeline Warden. Again, Terry, Carrie Thompson is their teacher, and Blaze and Emmeline won for Best Public Service Announcement. At Independence High School, Best Newscast News Magazine, the IHS news staff, Matt Balzer is their instructor. From Page High School, this is Lincoln Campbell, who won for Best Sports Video, and Haley Zender who, from Page, who won for Best Commercial, David Holt. Um, is their teacher. And from Ravenwood High School, Jack Foster, who won for Best Public Service Announcement. And his teacher is Megan Sanchez and Chelsea Kite. And this little guy, Liam, uh, Liam Dothit, first place in the pre-K, second grade division of the Tennessee Civics Essay Contest. He goes to Crockett Elementary School, that cutie. And his teacher is Stephanie Higgs. Ooh, now we're going to sports, and y'all, it seems like wrestling happened so long ago, and it really did, but we're just now getting those honors out here. And this is Jarvis Little from Summit, and Jarvis is your state champion, TSSAA Division IIA Wrestling, uh, 126 weight, and his coach is Pete Miller, and also from Summit, Landon Sell in the 138 Division, our state champions, Pete Miller, again, their coach. And here's Riley Lynn again from Independence High School. She is our girls wrestling champion in the 100 class. Dalton Howard is her coach. And there you go. That is it. That is all. Congratulations. Madam, Madam Chair, I expect we'll probably have some more celebrations next month. Uh, and uh, again, finally, uh, good luck to all our students on TCAP. I know that the preparation work uh, has left them ready for those uh, tests. That is my report. Thank you. Thanks for all of the celebratory updates. Um, next on the agenda is board chair report, and I don't have any updates for you tonight, so we'll move on to unfinished business. And the first item is the approval of the reconsideration committee's recommendation for the following library books. Speak. Perks of Being a Wallflower, The Field Guide to the North American Teenager, and Where the Crawdads Sing. Ms. Clements, did you want to speak? Yes. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I know we had some good debate about this at the work session, and um, we're at the end of April. May is when librarians stop checking out books, and then we've got all summer. I know we are waiting still for um, information from the state about the guidance. Um, 
I think we need to recognize that in Tennessee, um, the Tennessee legislature passed in 2022 the Age Appropriate Materials Act, um, and that's going to require schools to adopt a, school boards to adopt a policy for developing and reviewing school library collections. Um, because of this new law, we as a school board need to adopt a policy that provides an objective way to determine what degree of violence, sexual content, vulgar language, um, substance abuse can be allowed in our school libraries or what level and, and do we need parental approval? Um, and and that's, that's the law. Um, it's not, we don't have an, an option. So we're, we have to follow the law, the state law. Um, and with that in mind, I mean, movies have ratings, video games have ratings. Um, TV shows have rating, podcasts have ratings, YouTube channels, it goes on and on. There's ratings on a lot of things for children's viewing. And so um, I know with all of the books that we are having to recognize and look at, um, I think we need as a school board, we might need more time to do this correctly according to the state law. Um, so I would like to make a motion to postpone this to September so we can have time to, um, to have the best policy. Well, I thought about August and I thought, I know how long it takes us to write and get through readings. And so I thought September, especially with July off, September might be more reasonable. Um, so I just wanted to make that motion out there. Um, thank you, Ms. Clements. We will need a second to proceed with a vote. Mr. Cash, thank you. And we'll open the floor to, to comment. Ms. Cleveland? Yes. Um, personally, I don't know if I, I could vote to defer it for different reasons, but I don't know. I really think it should, we should make a decision before the opening of school. Um, it just, it's my decision. But my decision for deferring, obviously, is not for because of procrastination or kicking the can down the road. Mine is, um, I do agree that we need more guidance. There's no question about that. And it is the end of the school year. So I believe there's no harm in deferring it, should we? But I, I, I can't do September. That, that's just too late. Uh, my reasoning for de wanting it deferred, though, is we have a policy that we're going to be speaking of later on in this meeting. And that policy will help the process of how we make decisions and how we have a transparency out to the parents and everything. So I would like to wait until see that policy through first and second reading, seeing how it how it plays out, and then that way it'll make it easier for me to. At that point, I would make the decision on the books, and we'll talk later about that policy as we know. Mr. Welch, thank you. Um, I think one clarification needs to be to be made. The, the the board did not develop a policy because of anything that the state legislature passed. We've had a policy in place for for years. It predates my time on the board where there was a policy in place where we could go and we could evaluate books in the library or books in the classroom. This is a, a long established policy. Um, where it changed is when the legislature made a, a political decision about this. And clearly it was a political decision because there was not a process that was done. They've, they've let me be very blunt, they kind of hung us out to dry on this one. And we are not 
waiting on something to follow the law. We have followed the law to this point. We have done everything that needs to be done. We are 100% in compliance with every law that is out there. And in following that law, we developed a policy and updated our policy. We had our staff go through the committee. We had two senior members of our staff with combined more than 75 years of education experience in this district who spent uh, dozens, if, if not hundreds of hours between the committee reviewing this. And then it came to us and we delayed another three months because an amendment that was made and the staff needed to review. And we took that time. And everyone here sat in the same legal meeting that I did. And I'm not going to reveal anything, Bobby, before you get nervous with that. But I am going to reference it and say everyone here heard the same things that I did. And you know the impacts just as I do. I think it's time that we make a decision and we move on. Whether or not the kids are there or not, to me, it's immaterial. Either the book should be there or the book shouldn't be there. We have a recommendation. We have a unanimous recommendation from the committee. And at this point, frankly, we don't have, correct me if I'm wrong, Superintendent Golden, but the individual who made the complaint about the books said they were satisfied with the resolution of the committee. Is that accurate? I can't speak to that directly. Um, I know that we had some discussions. If I'm not mistaken, that was shared at one of our, at one of our meetings. Can I confirm that with Mrs. Dickerson then? My recommendation was the individual who made the complaint. Mr. Galbraith said that he can confirm. Galbraith was on one of the committees. Can confirm that the individual said that they were fine with it? <coughs> with, with the resolution of the committee? I'll, I'll my comments, but you'll, you'll be satisfied. Well, no, I'm, I, I need a clarification right now while I'm speaking. Ms. Dickerson, did, did the individual who made the complaint? Was it with respect to the library books because we haven't made a decision? It was with respect to the decisions that were made on the curriculum on the yeah but they were fine with the decision of not pulling them from the library has been made yet so they didn't it that was in, that it, individual he didn't he didn't gotcha that individual was fine that. with the recommendation to not pull them from the library if no, I, if, if he hasn't he hasn't waited on that if i may um there's the the question raised from that particular individual was related to curriculum and a second one related to the library books. The committee had decision-making power over curriculum and did not have decision-making power over library books. But I think, Mr. Galbraith, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, what you stated was he accepted the decision of the committee related to curriculum, but... And said that he would not appeal that, gotcha. that decision, yeah. but we haven't... Okay. So then we don't have anyone who has made a complaint to pull them these books from the library then in that case there was never anyone before there's never anyone now if that individual who made the complaint says they are satisfied with it we don't have an ongoing complaint to do this what are we waiting for it's been going on long enough i think we need to make decision and kind of get on with our lives and let the community know where we are with this Mr. Galbraith. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, so, I guess to to be clear, there is a there is a complaint before us. Um, the the com the complainant was was satisfied enough with the 
um, with the decision upon to the modifications that we made on the on the curriculum and for our deliberation and the time that we spent in the effort um, and so he didn't appeal the uh, the curriculum decision um, this is still the the outstanding um, the process to finish to complete the process of of that initial review of the the second half of his request which was the which was to review it for the library um, so the I guess coming on the committee and not speaking for the committee but understanding um, the the report that the committee put put out um, and that both of the committees put out really on, on both of these books but they both qualified the remarks to say um, that due to in, in no small part due to the lack of um, information that we have from the state as far as how to um, judge these books against some standard um, where that was the that was the qualified recommendation of the of the of the committees and so based on that um, I still feel that there's no um, no harm um, in in delaying until we get better information that the that the committee didn't have that we don't have now um, at the end of the day deferring I mean I'd be I'd be okay to defer indefinitely until we get the get the updated law that's passed or clarification on the uh, on the existing law from the from the state textbook commission or the legislature or the department of ed whoever decides to um, decides to weigh in um, I would be fine to get that um, and and then at that time we could decide how we how we move forward whether it's additional policy discussions or what at the end of the day at what what we're left with in the interim is the books are still in the library and so the the only the only people that were um, that we're impacting right now is the complainant that we're not in a timely manner reviewing his um, review uh, acting upon the the review um, and I believe that our um, council told us that there is no um, there's no timeline on the on the review I think if we think if we deferred it indefinitely um, and and we didn't act upon it in some reasonable amount of time that that might end up being an issue um, so I'm fine with the September if we're not um, ready in September then I'm fine to push it back again so thank you your cash madam chair um, I agree with Miss Clements and mr. Galbraith um, I think it would be sad we've we've spent a lot of time on these issues and we're just trying to abide by the law we we have what looks like a good policy shaping up uh, I think uh, with uh, this feedback from the state um, book commission that we could uh, finalize that and uh, I'm for waiting I think uh, it gives everybody a chance to think about this it's not about banning books it's more about age appropriateness and uh, I think that's very important to folks and uh, I, I also I think to teachers and everyone else so I think it's wise to wait until September I guess thank you thank you mr. Wimberly thank you madam chair uh, I too have thought about this a lot and I trying to look ahead at what clarification we would get 
and what the range of possibilities out of that clarification would be. Because, you know, the law is already passed, the law is on the books. It's just simply clarification of this. And I cannot imagine any clarification that would cause me to change my mind about these books. We have a strong uh, committee recommendation, um, and I, I just, you know, I must agree that it's time to move f forward and vote on it and, um, and dispense of it. I mean, it won't be the worst thing in the world if we do wait, but I just can't imagine what benefit we would get out of that wait. I think at the end of that time, uh, I suspect that the clarification won't give us much more information uh, than we already have. So I'm a no vote on the amendment. Thank you, Mr. Hmm? Mr. Mitchell. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I don't think the content of the books is going to change. I don't think that there's going to be any more clear direction from the state on what we should do. I don't think that any direction from the state is going to change anybody's opinion on this board on these books. And everybody's vote will be the same tonight as it will be in September, regardless of what the state says. Let's get the Let's, let's get the work done and move on. And if somebody doesn't like what we do and there's a different state law than they can, or a different direction or guidance in a month or so, then somebody can, anybody from this board can challenge those books a second time and have them reviewed at that point against the new, new guidelines or new clarification. And, uh, but in the meantime, it, it really is just, um, I think that we're neglecting what we should be doing by just letting this motion sit on un, un, uh, action for another couple of months. So I'm a no vote on the amendment as well. Ms. Priya? Somehow I managed to agree with just about everyone, even though you're all saying different things. Um, I, I particularly am picking up on what Sheila said. I think it's wise to maybe at least wait until that policy goes through because it does provide some transparency to parents who would prefer to opt their children out. It isn't gonna change probably any of our votes on how we would vote on the books, but um, it at least kind of closes that loophole and, and makes it clear for everyone and we'll still be following the law and everything else. We'll just have clearer policy. So I think, I don't know, if this doesn't pass, Sheila, can I ask this question? <laughs> Are you gonna put up a second amendment <laughs> if we vote no for September, but maybe August or after second reading. Can, can I ask that? Okay. What I was going to ask, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to ask Jason, should we vote on this tonight and the policy that I'm, um, the redrawing of the policy that I'm doing, could this policy apply to the decision tonight? Should it pass? So after second reading, should it pass? Can we apply that policy to these four books, regardless of the way it goes? Ms. Osbrooks is asking to respond. I'll let her. Oh, good. Okay. And so 
I don't want to put a policy in place until it has been voted on with right. two readings. However, Superintendent Golden could decide administratively to provide the parental notification or request, you know, provide that parental notification. It wouldn't be per policy. It would be administratively he could make that decision. Okay. Well, therefore, I can vote tonight. I, I will say, to answer your question, my, my intent would be if this policy passes, um, we would do that uh, and apply it back. We have also had the discussion uh, about previous books that have been challenged. It's been a few years um, since, we've, since we've had a challenge. The AP Human Geography textbook was challenged uh, um, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird was challenged. So we've had a discussion looking back through our history to see how much we could put on our website to, to fully inform parents. We're still at the brainstorming stages on finding ways to maximize information we share with parents to facilitate their making their decisions. Um, this, this idea that you have is a, I'll give you, we're, we, have, we haven't hit first reading yet, but it's a good one. And so I would, I would apply it. Just in conclusion, I agree with what Donna said, that we have so little time left, and the fact that the, the books would remain in the library if we did defer it, even at least until the second reading of the policy, um, that I'm, I'm in favor of waiting a little bit. <laughs> Ms. Clements? Um, yes. Um, Mr. Cook and I were talking earlier, and he mentioned that there were some developments even this week, according to the state law. And we were just passing in the hall, and we didn't get to. Is there anything you want to share with the board that happened this week with this law? Sure. Um, the General Assembly is actually looking at amending the law, almost rewriting it completely. It passed the House today. It has not gone to the Senate, but it will rewrite uh, the process. It does give you some clarification on what would be considered um, appropriate to remove the books from. They've got a couple definitions in there. So I think it, it, my recommendation would be to, to defer this until we can see that legislation because it really is rewriting almost the whole bill. And it has passed the House. Thank you. Mr. Brown? <clears throat> Thank you. So I guess the question would, then would be based on that information from Mr. Cook, whether the motion could be amended would you, would you consider amending the motion to defer until such time as state legislation passes, uh, and which would be sooner than September, obviously? But you're still going to need some time to implement this law. Correct. We would still have to change policy, and we would need time to do that. But we would at least know by the May meeting what the new statute says. We might not have regulations, we might not have guidance on any of that, but we would know what the state law says at that point. And, and to be clear, our next, our meetings, our calendared meetings at this point are May, June, and July, but not August, is that correct? May, June, August. Not July, but, but August, okay. So would you entertain amending your motion to a sooner than September? 
Or she could amend her own motion, I guess. Okay, then I would move to amend Ms. Clement's motion to delay until August. Actually, I'm going to say June because we will know what the state state law says at that point, and we will be better informed. I just I think waiting until August or September, in my view, is cutting it too close to school the start of school. So I would say. Uh, amend your motion to delay until June, the June the, our June meeting. A second for that, Mr. Priya. Seconds. Okay. Any discussion on the current amendment, Mr. Cash? Did you want to speak on this current amendment now? I know you had your mic pressed. One sec. Um, no, I think you're you're on now. Check for us. Yeah, I just yeah, I just like to say we we keep hearing about the law, and everything, and and then the the policy that we're working on developing. I believe in that policy, age appropriateness shows up uh, two or three times. So it's when we talk about the law. We need to know what age appropriateness truly is. So that's why it's important to extend this. That's all I wanted to add. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Welch? Is there anything in the law that currently restricts us from voting on these books tonight? Uh, if you're asking me, no, sir. Nothing. Thank you. Mr. Brown. Just to further add on a comment about the motion on the floor and I guess the rationale for the delay, I, I wasn't, you know, thinking before Mr. Cook talked about the, the bill that's moving through the legislature, I, I wasn't convinced that the guidance we would get from the state on the current law was really going to be substantive enough to change the outcome of this decision. or cause the committee to, to make a different recommendation than they've already made. I, I'm not convinced that's going to happen. Hearing that there's a new bill moving through that would rewrite the law gives me pause to wonder, you know, could that, could that, a rewrite of the law, actually be something that would then trigger a different decision by the committee or have different parameters they have to go by that they weren't, go, they didn't have to go by before? I mean, does that, so that's the only thing that gives me the pause to, um, and the the age appropriateness that you're talking about, Dan, is is in the state in the current state law. That's where the name comes from, I believe. So, if the state law is rewritten, are they changing that terminology, or or defining that differently? So, I mean, I just think there's so many unknowns. Um, so, not to just go on and on about this, but I do think. What you what you pointed out gave me a different position on the delay than I previously had. So I just want to give that context. Thank you. Um, just for record, Miss Apria was the second, not Mr. Beasley. If we need to, is that okay? Okay. Thanks. All right. I think we're ready to vote on the amendment to Miss Clement's motion to delay until June. 
Mr. Golden, would you have a recommendation? Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Based on the discussion, the, the movement from September to June, I, I do recommend approval of this amendment. Okay. Board members, we can cast votes. Oh, this is, this is amending, yes, your Ms. Clements's motion to delay the vote on this recommendation until our June meeting. Vote on amending the amendment, and right. then we will vote on the amendment itself. Right, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Correct. The June date. Yeah, June. vote is 10 yes one no that passed so we approved miss clements or we approved mr brown's amendment to june now we're on to the motion miss clements made to to move to the motion to delay the vote until june this is what we're going to vote on now so now we're um voting to delay our vote on the decision until june Okay. We were voting to amend her Miss Clements September date to June. That's all we voted on. Just the June. This is to actually defer until June now. Mr. Beasley. Yeah. Uh, clarification. Thank you did. You. Okay. okay. Mr. Wimberly, did you press? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. I changed my mind. Okay. I'm going to vote for it. Okay. If we have no further comment, we can vote for this motion. Uh, if I may. Oh, miss, yes, Mr. Golden. Uh, if there's no more discussion, I, I do want to make a couple of comments. Just for clarity's sake, because of all the discussion, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. Uh, so this law was passed, the Age Appropriate Materials Act, and it changed a long-standing policy that we've had in one significant way. Traditionally, we had committees review and make decisions on challenges to curriculum and to library books. The law that went into place in 2022 changed the, the, the decision maker, the first decision maker from the committee to the board. And it, it used to be that there was a decision on both, you all could be an appellate body. Now, under the new law, you all are the first decision maker on the library book challenge with recommendation from the committee, and that's what we're here on. The, the discussion often included in these last two committees that are before the board, one of which, by the way, we're voting on at this time. We haven't even touched item number two yet. Uh, the uh, the uh, challenger can challenge curriculum and the library book. The curriculum decision is made by the committee. It was not appealed. We're exclusively looking at the library book now. So I want to make sure we had clarity on that. As part of that law, the legislature put the response, put responsibility on the Tennessee Textbook Commission to give guidance on application of that new law. That guidance was scheduled and requested by the legislature um, to be issued by the Tennessee Textbook Commission by December 1st of 2022. 
Uh, we know that some of the representatives from the textbook commission spoke to representatives of TSBA, the school boards association, that they had asked for some legal help to make, to create some guidance, had not gotten that legal help. In recent weeks, we have, we have heard that the state is working on getting them some guidance. So there's a possibility that they may, at some point, give some guidance with legal help. I think you all know that you need legal help on these issues. This is a First Amendment and is something that needs to be very carefully thought through before any decisions are made that might have, that might have implications on that First Amendment, which uh, is gonna, it, it's, it's, it's gonna outlive all of us. Uh, so, so, so uh, the next step is, do we wait for that guidance? That's the question you all have to decide. I, I agree with Mr. Brown. On, I'm not optimistic about the substance of the guidance in the context especially of what does age-appropriate materials what definition do they have for that? I'm not, I'm not optimistic that we're gonna get good, clean clarity that will give us a good black and white answer. Ultimately, it's my opinion that, that these committees and you all are gonna have to make a decision based on some broader guidance than a specific definition. Um, with that, given Mr. Cook's recommendation uh, that, that we look to see what this new legislation gives with me not knowing the details of that legislation and the seriousness of the First Amendment, I do recommend that you approve this delay for two months. Thank you. Okay, board members, we can cast our votes. Your vote is nine yes, two no. Okay, the board just approved to delay the decision um, to uphold the approval of the, re the reconsideration committee's recommendation until June. Next on the agenda is the approval of the reconsideration committee's recommendation for extremely loud and incredibly close. Mr. Golden. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this is the second committee this uh, uh, recommendation to you on this particular library book, ex extremely loud and incredibly close. Same discussion as last time, certainly open to any, uh, any motions you all may have. Do we have a motion? Ms. Clements? For similar reasons, can we, can we uh, make a motion to push this to June? Okay. Do we have a second? Mr. Brown? Okay. Ms. Clements just motion, move, uh, made a motion to delay this decision until June as well. Mr. Welch? We need to take a voice vote starting. Is it a voice vote? Oh, or do we need, can we push our button? Yeah. Or we can push the button. Hmm? No, I think we have to have a voice vote. Right. Okay. So, okay. So, let, can I get a point of order here, real quick? Because we couldn't quite hear every, on this side what was going on. What was going? We couldn't hear on this side what was going on on that side. It's, so I yeah. think we have a motion on and a second on the floor to delay this vote until June, and I believe there's also a motion on the floor from Mr. Welch to call the question on this item, so to basically to close off debate. We good? Okay. We'll need to do a voice vote in order of district because there's not a. It's not on the agenda. So. 
Yep. We'll have to go ahead. Angela Durham? Yes. Dan Cash? Yes. Elliot Mitchell? Yes. Josh Brown? Yes. Jennifer Apria? Yes. Jay Galbraith? Yes. Sheila Cleveland? Yes. Donna Clements? Yes. Rick Wimberly? No. Eric Welch? Yes. Drayson Beasley? Your total is nine yes and two no. Motion passed to call the question, which means that we proceed directly to a vote on the amendment. And this amendment is to delay the board's vote on the approval for the recommendation committee's rec uh, reconsideration committee's recommendation for the library book, extremely loud and incredibly close. Um, to delay until June. Mr. Golden, what's your recommendation? Recommend you approve delay till the June board meeting. Board members, you can vote. Vote is eight yes, three no. Thank you. So that motion did pass. So we'll delay the vote on this item as well until our June meeting. And now we'll be moving to new business. And the first item under new business is the 2022-2023 school board budget. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, the uh, first item, approval of general purpose school fund 4-23 donation for fine arts, $47,300. That is a request that you approve a donation from Gibson Guitars uh, and place it in the appropriate line described in the memo. Recommend approval. Mr. Welch, do we have a second? Mr. Wimberly, thank you. And do we have any comment? Okay, let's vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that approval, um, we approved the General Purpose School Fund for donation for fine arts. Mr. Golden, approval of General Purpose School Fund for carry forward donation for flag football. Thank you, Madam Chair. Likewise, this is a, a donation that we're asking your approval for, uh, for a carry forward amendment for flag football um, from, if I'm not mistaken, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, so do recommend approval of this uh, resolution. Have a motion? Mr. Welch? Mr. Mitchell? Thank you. Mr. Wimberly. Thank you, Titans. <laughs> yes. All right. We can move to vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that vote we approve the general purpose school fund carry forward for the donation for flag football from the titans thank you and mr golden next on the agenda is the approval for capital projects fund thank you madam chair the approval for capital projects fund uh 5-23 asphalt roofs and wastewater treatment plan intent to fund eleven million one hundred sixty nine thousand dollars uh madam chair and board members the this is a uh, uh, capital requests coming to you from the five-year capital plan uh, and we recommend uh, that you approve that and we will then take it to the county commission for presentation do we have a motion mr cash in a second mr priya thank you any comment 
All right, we can move to vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. With that vote, we approved the capital projects fund for asphalt roof and wastewater and treatment plant. Thank you. Next and final item under school board budget is the approval of capital projects fund for information technology. Thank you, Madam Chair. This is uh, the, the next uh, five-year capital plan request related to technology for $12,202,560 for networking computing, computers and safety and security. Recommend your approval and likewise, we will then take this to the county commission for discussion. A motion? Mr. Brown and a second and Mr. Priya, thank you. Any comment? Okay, we can vote. Vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. And with that vote, we approve the Capital Projects Fund Information Technology for $12 million. Um, next item on the agenda is board policies for first reading. First item is the board member conflict of interest, which is a new policy. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. As Ms. Osbrooks explained, uh, the uh, TSBA has made adjustments to its recommended board member conflict of interest policy in the in the one following this particular agenda item. Uh, this is first reading. Uh, we do recommend your approval at first reading. We will then take it back to the policy committee for further discussion. Do we have a motion? Mr. Mitchell, Ms. Apriya seconds. Thank you. Any comments? Okay, board members, let's cast our votes. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that vote, we passed the first reading of the board member conflict of interest. Next item is code of ethics. Thank you, Madam Chair. Likewise, uh, have the recommendations from first reading for adjustments to the code of ethics to, re to reflect uh, on Tennessee School Boards Association recommendations. Do we have a motion? Mr. Beasley and Mr. Welch seconds. Thank you. Any request to speak? Okay, let's move to vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. And with that vote, we approved the first reading of the Code of Ethics policy. Next item on the agenda is the library materials policy for first reading. Ms. Cleveland, would you like to say something about this policy? Oh, okay. Mr. Golden. Uh, thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this is the first reading for changes to the library materials policy, which uh, is the iteration of the current law um, with some recommended adjustments from the policy committee. Thank you. Cleveland? Ms. Cleveland, motion? Yeah, oh, good. We need a second for that. Ms. Cleveland, mo motion to approve. Need a second. And Ms. Clements, thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, this policy is a, um, an addition to our current policy. And um, the only way I can best explain it is using the four books that are up for reconsideration right now. And the idea of it is, um, for example, should the board vote to have the books remain on the shelf? At that time, 
the board, at that time the superintendent, between legal superintendent and the principal, a letter would go out to all parents in that grade band. And in this case, it would be like Franklin High School. And all grade bands and all parents will be notified in that grade band of the four books that were up for reconsideration, what the committee's recommendation was, and how the board voted. And at that point, all parents could either, they could opt out, and they can do it by either calling the librarian, the principal, or opt out online, and with that, we'll give the instructions of the online process of opting out. And the purpose of this is to give full transparency of all books that are available, because what we've found in the past, what I have experienced, is there's a lot of parents out there that don't even know what books are being up for reconsideration, what's threatened to be pulled, or what's threatened to be put on back on the shelf. And this way, full transparency of all books that we're dealing with and the parents, then it puts the parents' parental choice where it should belong. And the parents have the option of whether their child should read the book or should not. And so that's why I recommend this policy. Thank you. Mr. Wimberly? Pardon my confusion, but the books, the, the four or five books, which was it, they were challenged because of curriculum. And Could someone clarify that? And then there was one challenge for the library. If I may, and uh, uh, Ms. Osbrook, you may want to fill in. The, the two items that are in unfinished business, 6A and 6B, are both related to library book challenges. Um, and those are decisions that, that you all are asked to make that have been deferred till June. Um, at least one and perhaps two. I can't remember on the second one. I know that 6A included a challenge on both, a challenge in to, for use of these books in curriculum and a challenge in the library books. The committee has the authority to make a decision on curriculum and did so. You all are the appellate body on that, and that decision of the committee was not appealed. You are the decision maker on library books under the current Tennessee law, and the committee review includes a recommendation. So that's why it was on as 6A for you to make a decision based on a committee recommendation. Ms. Osbrook, am I correct about 6B in that same exact context? Library. Okay, so 6B did not have a curriculum challenge, was exclusively a request to remove it from the library. The committee has a recommendation on that, and that's why it's on for you all to make a decision. No further comment, we can move to a vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that vote, we just approved um, the first reading of the library materials policy amendment. Uh, next on the agenda is the dress code policy amendment. Mr. Golden. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, there was a pretty substantial discussion at the policy committee after pretty substantial work from a, from a, um, a staff committee, uh, and we do recommend approval of this dress code recommendation at first reading, and I know that there will be some more discussion at the upcoming policy meeting. Thank you. Do we have a motion? Mr. Wimberly and Ms. Clements, thank you. Any comment? Mr. Wimberly? This was good work. Uh, the large number of people who uh, 
were involved in putting this policy together. And while we may have some tweaking to do, to do it does look much better real good. Thank you all. Mr. Galbraith. I, I agree. Um, thanks to Dr. Webb and, and your and your committee. Um, we've been we've been talking about this for for a while and um, Jen and I uh, brought it up uh, again to, to try to get to conclusion and thanks for um, for reconvening your committee. Y'all y'all dealt with a couple of things um, so far this year, but um, I think my, my big things in in addressing this were were to have some consistency and the um, not only uh, not only across schools but for um, I guess regardless of gender so it's not specific but also um, the ability to enforce and so I appreciate the the enforcement um, parameters down below to so that it's clear to to both students and staff uh, and parents on how uh, I think it's just going to be easier to to administer um, and so I'm, I'm really really excited I think I think even dr. Webb said they've got a couple of couple of changes I don't expect them to be substantive but uh, but just cleaning it up for policy next time thanks Mr. Mitchell thank you madam chair um, it's my understanding and hope that the that one of the intense if not uh, effects of this new dress code is to kind of take uh, gender out of it can we get a commitment I guess to kind of track how successful that is on on violations and, and enforcements if we're still if at, after we implement this we're still at a 90 percent female you know call out situation then we've got to figure out we, we got to, we've got more work to do thank you mr. Mitchell we will be tracking that mr. Brown thank you I, I just wanted to point out that you know when I think back to all the things that have come up since I've been on the board um, or or among the first things that came up when I joined the board dress code was pretty much top of the list uh, interestingly and I even had two families invite me to their homes to talk to their children who are in, in our schools about dress code so I could hear their perspective on what this means um, which I found really interesting um, and helpful and of all the emails I've gotten of all the comments I've gotten there's there's four words that have come up around dress code decency reasonableness consistency and fairness and I, I really think this policy the way it's written um, reflects all of those so Thank you, Dr. Webb, and everyone who had a role to play in writing this. Next, Cleveland. Yes. Um, I'm just seconding what uh, Mr. Brown had just said, and also one of the biggest um, things I know we're working on and we're very diligent about is consistency of the policy throughout all the schools. Thank you. All right, no further comment. We can move to vote. vote is 11 yes zero no thank you and with that vote we approved the first reading of the dress code policy amendment and the uh, next on the agenda is the medicines policy thank you madam chair also for first reading some some, some su suggested changes to the medicines policy from our nursing staff 
uh, recommend approval uh, for these proposed changes, largely related to carrying medical devices. Do we have a motion? Ms. Apriya, in a second. Mr. Beasley, thank you. Any comments? Okay, we can move to vote. The vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. With that vote, we approved the first reading of the medicines policy amendments, and next we will go to our tenure recommendations of the superintendent to the board. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, in your packet is tenure recommendations under the um, law that I actually still think of as new tenure law. It's really been in place close to about 10 years with a list of uh, teachers who've met all the requirements for tenure, including student performance, teacher performance, et cetera. Do recommend approval uh, as, a, as a significant move uh, towards honoring our teachers who've had a long-term commitment to the district. Thank you. Do we have a motion for approval? Mr. Welch, in a second. Ms. Apriya. Thank you. Any comment? Okay, let's move to vote. Your vote is 11 yes, zero no. Thank you. That was your final vote of the night, and you approved the tenure recommendations of the superintendent to the board. Yeah. <laughs> and if I may, Madam Chair, thank, thank those teachers. They've been with us a minimum of five years, have had consistent performance ratings over the course of time. The, the requirements get more and more difficult every year, and I'm just very proud of uh, the professional commitment of those teachers. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your participation and attendance, and with this, we are adjourned. <laughs>